The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Support from this podcast comes from our friends over at Wicked Memories. Ladies, do you like candles? Do you not like buying them at ridiculous prices? Guys, are you sick of your apartment and your room smelling like feet all the time and want it to be a little bit more presentable for when your parents or ladies come over? This place has it all. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda. Guys, I went to view their products. It's a combination of two stores, Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted. And their products... Oh, my God. They're so good. Um, Their Taste the Rainbow Artisan Soap, I've been using at my house. And some of the candles that they give smell so much like the actual product. Their Honeysuckle one is delicious. So go check them out. They have in-store deals every Saturday that you can only take advantage of there. Mention my name over there as well, and they'll be able to give some more support to this podcast. And who knows, they might even throw you a discount or two. Just mention me. Wink, wink. Check them out. 408 Oliver Street in North Tonawanda, New York. You could also view their website and on their Facebook page has the link to everything you could possibly need. Again, that is Wicked Memories, which is a combination of Melting Memories After Dark and Wickedly Handcrafted, 408 Oliver Street, North Tonawanda. Make your life smell nice. Welcome to episode 24 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. Hello, everybody. I hope you are having a great week. I hope you are enjoying the sunshine, if there is sunshine in your area. If not, I hope you're just enjoying your life because everybody needs that happiness and that perspective in their life. Uh, My guest today, I've wanted to have on the show for the past few weeks now. I feel like I'm cultivating kind of a weird like wrestling fan base and like an expectation where I have to talk wrestling every once in a while and that's my fault because I've had indie backyard wrestling legends like everything like that on here so uh this is one of the biggest wrestling fans I know personally don't don't look at me like that I see you tweeting at the butcher and blade every day and shit like that um (laughs) expectations um but he is also um a fantastic actor in the Buffalo area, and that's how we met originally and how we got to bonding through uh, everything we talk about now. And I am so excited to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nick Lama is my guest this week. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Finally. I'm so happy to be have you on, man. Oh. We've been talking about this for weeks, and it finally lined up where we were both available. Like, we both had different shit going on. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as yeah, it no. goes with us actors, too. Especially, I don't know if you felt this way, but during the pandemic, I kind of got used to not having too much of a schedule anymore. And, like, to the point where now if I have, like, two inconveniences throughout the week, I'm like, I have so much on my plate. No, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, for, as soon as the pandemic started, like, I was doing a show, 
that got canceled at that moment. And I was like, this is heartbreaking. And Mm -hmm. then as stuff went on and on, it was, I would go to work during the day and then come home and there was nothing. Nothing. And I was like, like, I missed doing theater. I missed like all the theater friends and like hang out and seeing everybody and like being the creative. But at the same time, I was like, wow, this is kind of (laughs) nice. Just getting to get home from work and not shove food in my face, walk the dog, shower, and then be back out the door yeah. to drive to rehearsal. So that that year, like, oh, man, it was a year and a half now. I know. It, it, it doesn't seem possible, right? It just seems like all that time was just gone. Yeah. So it's nice to see that, like, theaters are starting to, like, get the gears moving again and, like, starting to get back into it. It's just like, okay, so – like audition here and there but it's it was it was definitely a nice break to reboot myself yeah yeah like yeah like the day job yeah that's fine that's that i could just go on autopilot just because i'm so used to doing everything there that i know like i go in do my job go home sure yeah but yeah so yeah i think everybody kind of any actor like person that has had a busy schedule before the pandemic. I feel like they all kind of had like a recalibration and like a reset. I know myself, I slept like 10 hours a day for like the first two months because I was so exhausted. Like it was my body just catching up from everything that I had put it through throughout the year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like catching it from like just that, but also just like with the beginning of the pandemic, just like the constant unknown Mm -hmm. and like, you step outside and you're like, uh, should I breathe? <laughs> but, and so, yeah, it was just that constant, like, little, like, nugget of fear in the back of your head of, mm-hmm. oh, man, like, what's going to happen? Yeah. But, yeah, that uncertainty was one of the worst parts of the first year. Yeah, it for was sure. so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like, go, go to work, like, masks, everything, come home. And before I even step foot in my apartment, like, I would be in the laundry room taking off all my clothes throwing it in the wash (laughs) scrubbing my hands and then i go into my apartment go hop right into the shower and there we go (laughs) yep that it's like some resident evil type shit oh yeah yeah oh yeah it's crazy 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 to think that we've been in this for so long and that you know, we never would have predicted this two years ago. If someone had told us, hey, everything's going to shut down for like in an, over an entire year and there's going to be like this whole turmoil, people will be like, you're full of shit. Like nobody would listen to that. Yeah. It would be like a week and then I'll be back. And yeah. It's just like, okay. That's what we all thought. We were all like, yeah, this is just like two weeks off. We'll oh, be yeah. like right back into it. Like, like I remember sitting backstage when we got the like word that they were – just canceling the rest of our run and i was like oh man mm-hmm. and i was like well at least like we'll have like shakespeare in the park to look forward to this summer Ooh. so we'll take a break and then we can go see like sit on the hill mm-hmm. and then i was like oh oh man even then yeah like, all right well everything will definitely be back up and running by curtain up oh oh no curtain up. <laughs> uh well, oh crap. Yep, exactly. No one expected that. No. No one expected that at all. But you know what? I think a lot of us needed it at that point too. Yeah. I think 
I think we did. Yeah. It's like you said, it was definitely it it helped us all just renew ourselves. Cleanse. Cleanse, renew, rejoice. Yeah. And now we'll just come back and start kicking some creative butt again. What show were you working on when we were shutting down? I was doing it's called it was an original play at Alleyway called Scotch and Madness. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I I loved it. When I will say, when they told us that we were shutting it down, I was a bit relieved, um, just because the character I played was a drag queen dominatrix. Oh. And so like I would get there and spend like twenty to thirty minutes, put it on the makeup, <laughs> getting into like heels. It was the full thing. And I had a blast doing it. It was definitely like something outside of what I'd ever done. But I was excited to let the beard, yeah, let the beard I, grow, not have to put on the heels again. Uh, I did feel beautiful though, putting on. Oh, like, I bet. Ooh, Ew. you I just you just, get that mwah. whole sense of renewal every day. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, who's that? But I, I get you, dude. When I did Dragons of Tacos, I had to put the red makeup on my face for the dragon every day, and I was like, this is a lot and too much, and I'm going to be under the lights and sweating oh, the entire time. So warm. It's so, it's so warm. it's it's so damn hot on those stages, and even being in, um, you know, you know, I just finished up at the park, and right. being there, I forgot how fucking warm it gets on some nights. So warm, I yeah. Lena and I, we were so excited that you were our tour guide. For, Me too. Uh, I was, I was so, so happy to see you. So much fun, and we were like, oh man, it's so nice seeing Shakespeare in this park again. And then we looked at each other, and we were like, but there's so many fucking bugs. Yep. Oh, we forgot about the bugs. I got mosquito bites on. Everywhere, oh. this like there was not an inch of my body that they. I felt one on my eyelid the one night, and I was like, I was like, I know this is gonna hurt tomorrow morning. Oh, man. The other day, I go, <laughs> I go to do uh, one of my last tours, and it was like it felt like ninety nine. It was probably like ninety, uh, and there was a point where I was like. Is it raining or am I sweating that much? And I was like, nope, I'm sweating that much. It is not raining oh, at all. man. <laughs> but that's how we – so you and I um, got to work together the first time through um, a Topps commercial we both had the yeah. opportunity for, which was a really fun night. And then after that, Shakespeare in the Park was our first experience together in yeah. – one of the most fun shows I've ever worked on. And your character with Greg throughout that show was so fun. That, that was, was that was such a fun one to watch you in. That was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great experience. I always love playing the clown characters just because, <laughs> A, there's so much you can do goofing around, especially mm-hmm. with the other people on stage. But, B, their costumes are always seem to be the most comfortable. Oh yeah. Just because it's always just like like flowy and like baggy material and it's just like ah can breathe. Yep. Cause some people associate that with like bum material, like being comfortable and yep. not like prim and proper. Bring on the bum material. Yeah. Day in and day out. I will take it. 
it's the it's the best. Like the flowy pants I had for this past show, I was like, thank God I have these because these are breathable. Yeah. Like that soldier costume for much ado. After a while, I was like, this oh, is you, this you is too the, much. The like calf high boots, yeah, the vest, the like spandex like, with it. Oh, My butt looked good. That it, was a, that was a good thing at least. But that was America's ass. That was America's <laughs> ass. Yeah, Steve Rogers ain't got shit on nah, me. He ain't got nothing. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was a fun experience. We would just sit in the trailer because it was too damn hot outside. So we would just mm-hmm. sit in the trailer in our like camping chairs, full collapsible chairs, under the AC, playing on Nintendo Switch yep. and talking wrestling. And talking wrestling. And then one of my favorite nights from that whole run was when uh, you, me, and Billy Horn sat down and we were watching uh, TakeOver. Yeah. All together. Remember we watched I I think it was the Brooklyn edition. It was right before SummerSlam. Yep. And that night was the Adam Cole Ricochet match. And I don't know if you remember us sitting back there and marking out at every single fucking moment of that match. That was a beautiful one. Standing there, like, just getting ready, le- have the phone leaned up against something, just go, oh, oh, shit. Mm. Like. Oh, it's, it, it was the best. It was the, and I remember us, that's one of those matches that you enjoy more because you watched it with people. Oh, yeah. Because there there are those ones that, like, you mark out at and you, and you look around and you're like, fuck, I wish someone was here watching this with me. Yeah. Because, like, you can only do so much by yourself, right? So that one, like, the the spot where uh, Rick Shea moon, uh, moonsaults off the second rope and Adam Cole just kicked him in the head on the way down. Mm. That's one of those ones where you have to look at other people's reaction for oh, it God, to yeah. just be around. Yeah, like watching the rest like now, I'm just like, it could be the most amazing match. And I'm just like sitting in the recliner, my recliner at home going, ah, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Like I could get as much as excited as I get. At the end of the day, I'm just like, man, that was good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, let me text some people about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Or like tweet or like do things yeah. like that. I had a good thing going with my best friend over the pandemic where we would be watching the pay-per-view at the same time. Oh, nice. So w- one of us would just shoot the opening text and we'd be like, you watching right now? And be like, yeah. And then we'd go into like, we'd play by play with each other on like what's going on and everything See, like that. That's nice. <laughs> that, it was nice for WrestleMania for sure. Especially this year when I watched it um, – I, I wasn't going to at first, and then I was like, it's five bucks through Peacock right now. Yo, like, that's... the the 13-year-old kid in me would have killed to watch WrestleMania for $5 back in the day. That was the thing, like, before they started up the, like, even the network, I, I used to... Like have people over and we would like I would order the pay per view like fifty nine ninety nine a mm. month and we would sit there and watch and yeah oh god yeah thinking back to it, I'm just like oh god yeah. um and yeah and like or pizza snacks and it was and that was the thing but then when they were like yeah we're releasing the WWE Network for nine ninety nine a month and they would push that price I was like great mm-hmm. but it was also at that and I was just like ah oh, yeah ten dollars. Oh God! Is the quality of their product is that going to suffer because of this? Yeah. Spoiler alert! It, it did. did. It, it did. absolutely did. Oh, it absolutely did. Oh man, it's 
and we'll we'll dive so deep into that too. Uh, I feel I, I feel like we're gonna like peel oh, back yeah. layers of everything that's going on in wrestling it's, tonight. Yeah. Uh, but before we dive into that, so I want to know a little bit more about you as far as um, acting goes. And your I know you went to NU for school. Yes. Where did your first um, interest in acting start coming about? So my first interest in acting. Uh, for high school, I went to St. Joe's in Kenmore. Oh, cool. Um, when I first went there, started off doing football. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is great, like doing football. But I'll never forget, freshman, like incoming freshman orientation, they had the like varsity, they call them the varsity singer. And it was like the, the St. Joe's like choral group. Mm-hmm. And they would perform. And I'll never forget, they performed the song, Nothing Like a Dame. Okay. And I was sitting there with my parents, and I just remember going, wow, that was really freaking cool. Dope. And so, like, freshman year, like, I just did the football thing. And then, like, my sophomore year and on, like, I started to get more into the choral part and, like, less interested in the football stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, you guys, they would do a spring musical every year. Yeah. So my freshman year, they did Les Mis, and that like that was great. And mm-hmm. then they did Godspell, and I remember going to see that with my mother. And this was like shortly after like 9-11 and everything. And so their set was kind of like a mocking, mocking up of the like – rubble oh wow yeah and so like the cross at the top of the set was like the jagged like beams like that cross that they like saw found in the set and i just remember going that's fucking cool yeah i was like okay i need to be a part of this so the next year they did fiddler on the roof and the day of my audition, I got the flu. Oh. I was like, son of a bitch. That's always how that shit goes, yeah. isn't it? And so I was like, all right, next year, senior year, for sure, I'm going to do this. So senior year rolls, rolls around. We're doing Children of Eden. Mm. Steve Vaughn is brought in to be the director. Oh, my man. First time meeting him. So go in, audition, and I get the role of Abel. And I was like, all right, this is cool. Like, a named character, like, I get to die on stage. How cool is this? (laughs) That's every kid's dream at the time. Every kid's dream. I'll never forget. We performed at Rockwell Hall at Buff State. Oh, cool. And the scene of the day, like, Kane turns around, swings like a rock, and clocks me in the head. And I, like, react. And I'll never forget the one show, like, I looked down and I almost stepped off of the edge of the stage. Oh, and I was like, Jesus. So, <laughs> so in the midst of like rehearsals for that, I remember Steve just up and asked me, he goes, Hey, where are you going to like school? And yeah. I was just like, honestly, Steve, I have no idea. And he goes, and at the time he was a uh, stage combat professor at Niagara university. Yeah. So I, he was like, come up, take a tour and like meet the faculty. And, and yeah, and that is, uh, as they say, that is, <laughs> that's where the history went from yeah. there. That is uh sometimes it's just like fate that those things happen and yeah. like that you meet those people at those times that can introduce you onto that path that you may not have known existed otherwise with that. Oh yeah. And it was like Yeah, it was doing that show and meeting Steve was 
was definitely like the turning point yeah for, of my life so in in the fact that like having had the opportunity to work with steve like in the outside of the like, the educational aspect of it and doing like just actual like theater in buffalo mm-hmm. like working with him as like at the same level like in shows and as like a director it's just been so much fun it's been great i um I have a similar experience with Steve because he was the stage combat professor at Buff State when I right. was there. So um, I uh, I had switched into theater as a major um, like my third year in full-time. So like fall of 2013 was my first full-time year as uh, as a theater major. So the first class I had during that was stage combat. And... You know, we're all sitting in this circle and like he like wants us to introduce ourselves. And I remember being like, I was a history major. Um, My parents said, why aren't you doing theater right now? I started doing theater and here I am and I'm excited to work with you guys. And me and him have just had, I feel like since then, a great working relationship because you're you're one of those actors like I am where you're very easy to work with. And if. And if directors say to do something, you know when the time is to work and when the time is to, like, you know, fool around with people. And, like, like, and, you know, it sounds simple to us, but some people can't do that. No. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, like, just being around Steve all the time, we built a good relationship just because, like, we're professional and we can work together well within the space. And, like. Oh, yeah. That, and I definitely owe that. Like, from, to Steve, like, just, like, something that I've always taken from, even from his, like, stage combat classes and his directing, Mm -hmm. uh, something he always would tell us during stage combat classes was, I don't care about you. I care about your partner. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, that always made sense to me because it was like, I want to do my best to make that other person look good. Yeah. And so... And that just always made me realize, yeah, the, it's the focus isn't about me. Mm-hmm. This is about making sure that, uh, like everybody else, everybody around me, look is looking, looking as good, good as they can. Yeah, so. that's so funny because we can swing it right back to wrestling from there. I feel like that that's a key rule in the wrestling world is like you have to be there for the dude you're working, and you need to make them look as good as pot win or lose if they're going over or if you're going over you need to make them look the best possible that they can look absolutely and i feel like too many people forget that like the partnership isn't there oh yeah especially like especially like wrestling like it's a whole nother beast because you you gotta make sure that your partner is safe yeah like that's and that's where like kind of that like stage combat side comes in. It's just like if they're doing something, like yeah, you got to make it look good. Mm-hmm. But also, like, there's so many times where like I'll be watching and I, like people like doing the dives over the top rope, and I'm just like, I'll like hold my breath Ugh. until I see make sure that like he's on the ground because like I'm just, is he like, getting up? Like yeah. he's like there are some times where I've watched wrestling, and I've been like he's dead, he's dead. Oh, he's yeah. dead. Dead. Like, like he's like. There's just no coming. One particular thing that I think of, and I always get stressed out when I think of this moment. Um, so you're you're gonna have to like go through your memory log. WrestleMania 20, they did a cruiserweight battle royal. Um, 
within it at one point. And at one point, oh, and it, you know, you're already going to get stressed out when I say this. Billy Kidman oh. <laughs> does he does a shooting star press to the outside and the way he lands you're like how the fuck are you not dead yeah. right now there those times when they jump <laughs> I, I I feel bad laughing but then like <laughs> they hit the outside and you just hear Yep. And you just you can see the air just leave the body. Mm-hmm. It's just like his he, he like there goes his soul. <laughs> like gone. Um fuck. But th- th- like there was one of those um on AEW uh was it 2 weeks ago mm-hmm. when they had the five man uh five five person tag team of the Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah versus mm-hmm. the Elite. The Elite. And uh Stu Grayson. Mm-hmm. Went like did the running jump over the top rope and just whoop, went Oof. right through the middle yep. of everybody. Yeah, and even Jim Ross on commentary was like, "Oh, he missed, <laughs> he missed everybody." There have been. It's so astounding to see that in this day and age, like the five people that are standing there waiting to catch somebody and, and just, nobody yeah. does. Like, <laughs> I see so many people on Twitter, like, sometimes give Jim Ross shit just because he'll, like, slip up and, like, say, he like, the one day he called, like, Kenny Omega the WWE champion. And I'm just like, yo, this man has been doing this for, for so long. Before you Leave were born. him alone, yeah, man. Let it, like... Yeah, fuck it. Like, he's lucky he's still calling matches at yeah. this point. Like, and, like, I love what, like, when stuff like that happens, you just hear him go, oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. He knows it. He catches yeah. it, like, immediately. And that's what Botchamania is for. Get off Twitter yeah. and just watch Botchamania. Matthew's got it every single week. Oh, Botchamania. I love those. Oh, My favorite so song is Talk Too Much. <laughs> Talk Too Much is the best one they've ever done. That that has kept me sane through so many periods of wrestling. For a while, too, it was how I was keeping up with it. Because like, oh, I would just watch the storylines that they would do through the whole thing, and I'd be like, oh, this is where we are now. Same, like, there was, like, I, between, like, Raw and SmackDown, like, sometimes, SmackDown, like, I'll try and catch when I can just because. SmackDown's the best brand that they have in WWE right just now. Just because That's, Roman Reigns, it, like, his character now is just so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so SmackDown, if I can catch it, I will. Raw, I just cannot. I can't. To watch it. It's just. It's all over the place. It's it's all over the place right now, and I I don't know what creative is doing. Like their their writing team is a mess. People are coming and going from there all the time at this point, but like you got to have some semblance of, like, storylines and shit like that, right? Yeah. Like, what are they doing with this whole, like, you know, they they got to stay coherent on this. I felt like this week, I don't know if you caught Raw this past week at all. Um, but they, I feel like they cut to Randy Orton for promos, like, four or five times through the fucking thing. I know, yeah. Calm it down. <laughs> You've got so many people on your roster that you're not using. You're wasting so many segments. Yeah, I have. I and I love the like RK Bro. Yeah, I love RK Bro. Yeah, and I really hope that whatever they're doing with them now leads to them getting a tag title run. Mm-hmm. Just because it is so funny. 
watching Matt Riddle just like fanboy little brother over <laughs> over Randy Orton. He's a great character. Like that's that's he's one so thing I'll fun. say about him. He's he's still a little green in some senses, but like his willingness to work and do the best possible work that he can oh, is yeah. is really admirable to me. Yeah. And like you could tell that Orton is like having fun working mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Too. Um yeah, I just the the Alexa Bliss Lil, like Lily the doll stuff. <sighs> yeah. Worked well. It did. When they did when they were doing the Thunderdome stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because that was all from a cinematic aspect. Yeah. And so to trying to get that over that supernatural, like ooky spooky stuff over in front of live crowds. It doesn't work as well. It does not read the, that well. There are some things that were able to read much better when they were working it towards being towards no crowd, right? Yeah. Like and they had to adapt to that in certain senses and it worked really good. But some things they definitely need to just let go of. Yes. Like God bless Alexa Bliss for doing like she is kicking butt with what she's given. Mm-hmm. She is going out there and giving it her all all the time. But watching that match again with her and what, Dewdrop Piper Nivens yeah, from Monday yeah. where at the end it just cuts <laughs> to Lily and she winks and causes the roll up. I'm just like it, <sighs> you can just he, he, hear the air leave the people in the audience because they were like eh and stop doing the roll up thing everybody wins by roll up stop doing it in WWE specifically everybody wins by roll up stop doing it if it's it's broken at this point like that's not the end all be all to a match (laughs) like you can't get away with that anymore no yeah if if I ever win an Artie Award, I'm going to go up and accept my award by doing a roll-up on the person presenting. <laughs> I'll be like, Get, give me this. Congratulations on your nomination, by the way. I know it's been like over a year since they came out. When they reannounced that those were happening on September 20th, I immediately wanted to throw up because I completely forgot totally about forgot that. Totally forgot about it. I was just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Like I turned to Lena, I was just like, I completely forgot that those were happening. I know it, it's been so that. long; it feels like another lifetime ago yeah. that everything happened with that. I was just like, yeah, this upcoming, the, the this past theater season is up. I was like, oh wait, there wasn't one. Yeah. Uh, um. One one thing with wrestling fandoms, I'm having a hard time with right now is the fact that so you know we're about to get into Bray and everything that's going to be going mm. with it, but it is not Alexa's fault. In any sense of the word Dude. that he is gone. So don't turn on Alexa because Dude. she's still with the company. She's got to work. She's got to yeah. work. Like, at the end of the day, like, it, she has a job. Like, at the end of the day, they're all employees. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, he, like the f- fact that she had to deactivate or, like, put set her Twitter to, like, private. Yeah. Because people were like, attacking her. And like blaming her for Bray Wyatt's grow up. release. It's like grow up. She did nothing. She did nothing with that. Yeah. Um the people to blame for Bray not going over are the writers and Vince. Yeah. That's yeah, it's... there's 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 no other 
place to put blame. There's no other place to put blame in this. They have the biggest missed opportunity for 10 years straight yeah. with this man. For ten, and that that seems asinine to say out loud. Yeah, it, he he was working years ahead of where they were as a product. Yep. Just mm-hmm. because he was such a creative and visionary mind mm-hmm. that if they had just trusted him to like set things up like like uh last year's WrestleMania, the Firefly Funhouse match with him and John yeah. Cena. Yep. That of all the cinematic stuff they did, that match was so It was one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's yeah. and and that's like a great thing to do with with that and with him in those matches work for him because you know you think of the undertaker back in the day they had so many matches like geared towards and specialized for the undertaker to do the casket matches the hell in a cells like you expected like if there was going to be a hell in a cell match you almost expected him to be in it because that's his playground and then like the you know the buried alive matches that they did Uh, like those literally were those were him. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you can't put, like, they did that with the Firefly match well, but they could have branded him so much through that whole time he was there. Yeah. The whole time. The WrestleMania match against Orton was, uh, uh, this year and the first one. Oh, yeah. Was, they were both missed opportunities and major ball drops. Oh, first man. of all, it, it, we were talking about him before. They should have, that first match with Orton, they should have swapped Orton out with uh, Brody immediately. Because that was, as soon as they gained interest in that happening, the fans wanted it so bad. Like, the majority of them did. Oh, yeah. And they were like, we don't want it to turn out to be Orton because that's predictable and we don't want that. We want Luke, who's an actual great worker to have his WrestleMania moment. And it would have been such a cool thing for, but no, they, they go with the obvious one. They have, remember the back bends and them showing like the grubs on the canvas. Why were we doing that? (sighs) That was, it looked like a kid's PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) I just remember like, yeah, Orton's laying in the middle of the ring, and all of a sudden they just show larva and grubs, and I was just like, mm-hmm. okay. And it, it's it's hard to see that and to see the one they did this past year, which was just, it, it, it was the biggest miscarriage of anything, anything, anything that they've ever done. The fact that they bring him out and they bring him back in that big light. They have him no-selling everything, and then one RKO kills him. Done. Yeah. What are you setting us up for here? Where can you possibly go with that? Yeah, and then he does a Firefly Funhouse segment the next night on Raw saying that he's done with Orton, done with Bliss. And he's gone. And then he's gone. For months. For the, for the backstage news I heard on that, apparently he was done with creative a lot. Yeah. Because creative was, was giving him nothing yeah. to work with. And that seems to be a common theme 
right, that we get with a lot of these people where creative hinders a lot of the shit that they could be doing and and the great stuff they could be pulling out. Look at the shit they tried pulling with Daniel Bryan where they just didn't want him to be champion forever. And, like, just not listening to what people wanting in wrestling. Remember when Punk came and did the pipe bomb promo and how big that was? It's so funny you mentioned that because, like... I don't know how, but my, like, Facebook algorithm has gotten into show, like, bringing up clips of, like, punk in those, like, in those moments, like, Mm -hmm. pipe bomb and doing all this. And, like, hearing him talk, I'm just like, damn. He was, like, yeah, he was, like, break shooting. Shooting. Shooting on, like, the company and where it was going to go, but it's, like, Damn, like that is actually where it wound up. He's he's dropping names in that promo that they did not want him mentioning. He's breaking the fourth wall, which like nobody wanted the fourth wall. The fans broken at that point. That moment where he goes, oops, I broke the fourth wall and waves is like even like that combined with like the hey, Cole Cabana, how you doing? Like shouting out other companies that are there and. That sparked this whole era where I was like, well, maybe they can do something. Remember remember that? Remember <laughs> when the summer of punk was supposed to be this huge thing and he ran off with the title and we were like, this is a whole new era in wrestling because yeah, oh now really he might be go. able to bring him everywhere. Like yeah. he, may, he may go to every promotion in the world and just have the title with him. And then they fucking make him lose to Alberto Del nope. Rio. And like, not that he's not, a great talent and like through that but like kevin fucking nash <laughs> kevin nash i'll never forget when he punk comes out and he's like yeah i got text from my sister <laughs> sheila omg kevin nash thought he was dead, dead. lol, LOL. Uh, and like calling him sh- super shredder and all super, that shit uh, what a fucking missed opportunity what a missed opportunity to get the best possible quality you can get out of, and I say this to lead back to Bray because I feel like there's a lot of similarities with those situations of letting, not letting people shine and bring the attention they'd want to bring the attention to. Oh, yeah, to. because lightning strikes, and instead of them capturing it, they let it just dissipate and go, <laughs> oh, well, that's not what the people actually want. Mm-hmm. They want. To part-timers to come in and have title matches at SummerSlam. Mm, God. <laughs> Although, so I will say, um, I like seeing Cena back a lot. Yes. Watching, what was, was it, not Money in the Bank, the pay-per-view that he just came back. Yeah, Money, uh, Money oh, in the Money? Bank. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Biggie won the Money in the Bank Finally. Mm, finally. Finally. Yeah, that man is deserved. long overdue. He needs a belt. That it put a belt around that man's yeah. waist. And not that weird looking intercontinental title one. <laughs> that no. That millennium item Yu Gi Oh looking belt. They all look like shit nowadays. They do. They're no. so bad. No. But that man has deserved a ma- like the major title, the WWE or Universal title, for too long. Yeah, too way too long. Um, but yeah, like when Cena's music hit at the end of that, because as soon as Edge and Rollins like fought into the crowd, mm-hmm. I looked at my watch, like the time I wa- watched, I was like, 
okay, there's like 10 minutes left. They're, they're stalling, yeah. I was like, Reigns is still in the ring. I was like, oh, something. I was like, is Cena about to come back? And then hearing his music hit, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. I was like, there's a reason why he's a 16-time champ. Mm-hmm. And why the people, why he was so polarizing, and people loved him, and he was the face of the company for so long. But there's there's a thing with him too. I feel like he needed to step away like he did because I felt like people would appreciate him more if he left and came back. Because sometimes you don't know what you have till it's gone, and we, you know. We suffered through a lot of shit. <laughs> we suffered through the John Laurinaitis era where he was, even though he's not holding the belt, he's still the main focus of every single fucking week. And just, and, and you're, you know, you're getting upset because these people who are working hard for their spots aren't getting what they deserve out of the whole thing because he's fighting fucking Lord Tenzai like through this whole thing and like getting the top billing spot with it. Yeah, when fucking Cena legit buried the entire Nexus. Oh, man. Talk about dropping the ball. That was something they should have just kept tearing everything apart. Yeah. Every, that Monday Night Raw where they tore apart the ring, they attacked Justin Roberts, they did all... You sat back and you were like, I've never seen anything yeah, like, like oh this before. God, what's happening? That was like the that was like the best time in wrestling for a little bit was when Nexus was taking over. Yes. And you had guys like um, you know, um Will and um and and Justin Gabriel and Daniel Bryan and all the Heath Slater and all these people who are Skip Sheffield when he was Skip yes. Sheffield. And it was so funny because it was no one of like not one of them like you they were mm-hmm. a co- like a group they yeah were, they all like even some of them it's just like oh yeah i don't remember that guy's name yeah but like but at the moment it was just like he's scary yeah he's see i i just realized in that moment fucking will i said i meant wade wade fucking barrett <laughs> one of the best wrestlers to ever come yeah. through wwe like they had Everything they could possibly use, and they just let it slip like so many yeah. other things. They don't follow their gut sometimes. That's a thing, and that's like, like that's a big thing with them. Yeah, it's Vince has still got that 1995 yeah. mentality of mm-hmm. oh, I know what they want. Yeah, let's put uh, <laughs> let's put some yellow trunks on that guy and uh, give him a handlebar mustache. And, yeah, and exactly. Have him rip his shirts and talk about vitamins and <laughs> saying your prayers. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that that might work, Vince. Or, or, or like poke your head out that curtain and listen to what people are actually re, like reacting, what to. they're liking, and yeah. what they're doing with everything. Like when um when Fandango was so over and fans were singing his songs in the parking lot the day after WrestleMania. Like you you have to catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. You have to you have to look at those moments and be like, fuck, I could use this. Yeah. The, any good pro- wrestling promotion would do that. I, I'll never forget how long it took John Morrison to be recognized as like a singles talent. It, it took way too long. Way too long. Way too long. I remember there was a specific episode of SmackDown where he worked Edge. And they had 
they went for like 18 minutes and had a fantastic they they had such a good fu- I remember watching it at home and it was funny like my old smackdown memories are like you know my dad's downstairs watching the Mets game during the summer so the summer nights where i could actually stay up and watch smackdown mm-hmm. i'm sitting in my parents room on this like rabbit ear tv watching every second of it and i'm watching Edge and Morrison work each other in this pay-per-view quality singles match. Oh, yeah. Just sitting on the TV and being like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. And they're helping him away, and JR's going, um, this kid just broke out in his singles career. And it's like, dude, he's been on the roster for four years. <laughs> yeah. Why have you not done this sooner? Anything like that. You know, we I'll touch on Brody anytime I can, but the talent they misused for him, they give him one Intercontinental Championship run for yeah. three weeks. But make him just the big guy in the authority. Mm-hmm. It was just like... What, cool. Like, why are we doing that with yeah. this? Like, th- that, that can't be a thing that's happening. But transitioning to the company that's succeeding right now, that's why AEW and Impact and New Japan are succeeding so well right now. Oh, yeah. Because, one, they're acknowledging each other as companies, right? That's a huge thing. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Just acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge. WWE has this weird, weird way of putting on blinders and, like, acting like nothing outside of the screen that they are get, showing you. Exists. exists it's a weird like i don't know i don't, I don't know how to put it it's just so it like, makes no sense it makes no sense at all that they yeah. you would think like if you embrace the competition that would be better for your product yeah right because then you know if, if you're wwe and you're still making yourself kind of look like the top brand but acknowledging the other brands it could look like you're just calling people up from other brands. Yeah. Right? It's as simple as that. The it, One of the reasons I love the UFC so much is because it's everything I wanted with wrestling in the real-life form a mm-hmm. lot of times. Like, there's some animosity sometimes, and, like, you know, you don't, you don't get those fights often where there's, like, the McGregors going after people all the time and, like, yeah. you know, all, all that shit. Lesnar. Lesnar was a huge draw for them. You don't get those fights often, but you get the guys who are respectful who are, like, I'm going in there to, like, do my work and do this. Yeah. And, you know, they have all these MMA promotions across the country that are, like, you know, Vegas-based or, um, like... New York based or like uh, like uh, what's uh, what's one that I was just thinking of like Cage Warriors which comes out of like Philadelphia and oh, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You hear about these champions and these smaller organizations, and then when the UFC signs them, it's like, oh shit, they just signed this guy. That's such a cool thing because this guy's bringing something new to the table. Why can't you do that with wrestling with the Indies? Yeah. Why can't you do that? And, yeah, in WWE, for some reason, it's just like they like to pretend that, oh, they didn't do anything before getting here. No. It's like... Yeah, we talked about off-air how when AJ came on, they're like, oh, New Japan. No, he's a TNA product. Yeah. And he was one of the main reasons people were tuning in to TNA. Yeah, like, he was the... 
main reason, like between him and like Angle, because God, when Angle went to TNA, he was doing great. Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, he was. But yeah, it's just like I just I didn't under for the longest time. I was like, even when like NXT, you they'd sign these guys, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh. They because that was my favorite thing about tuning into a takeover is to see who they would cut to in the front row. Yeah, it was just like, oh, oh shit, they're cutting to Ricochet. Oh, yep. there's Bobby Roode. It's just, oh like, my god, yeah, like when stuff like that was happening, yeah, it was and it's huge. Just like, they they recognize that you recognize their name, mm-hmm. but they won't say from where. And it was just like, <coughs> ooh. And it's just like, just say it. We know they work for TNA. They know, like, Ricochet, you, like, he was, uh, like, all over, really. New Japan. He was everywhere. Freaking Lucha Underground. Everywhere. Yeah. Oh. Um. They wanted, he was one of the top um, indie wrestling talents forever. So good. Forever. And the way he moves, you could see why. Yeah, like, like, him entirely. and Will Ospreay in New Japan, when they do, like, Basically, the Dragon Ball Z f- superhero landing flips. Yeah. Up. I'm just like, okay. It's so cool. Yeah. The the one, um, who was it? When Ricochet was working, I think, Velveteen Dream. When oh, yeah. he did that, that superhero flip over the top rope and just landed it on his feet and just walked it in. Just- <laughs> that superhero oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, Velveteen Dream talking to him. I'll be, hold on, I'll be right there. Smooth. And then just lands Smooth. on the ramp and gets into his face. I was just like, you, like... Yeah. That, the fact that that was live, mm-hmm. I was just like, that if that could have gone south so quick. Yeah. E- oh, easily. easily. Easy. Look at how many botches Sin Cara had for the longest time. Oh, God bless Sin Cara. God bless. The, the thing that never was. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as the, his first match was under the orange uh, and blue lights, I was like, this ain't going to last. This long. ain't going to be good. No. It's, it's uh, just another failed just uh, another failed attempt yeah. at that. Um, were you around ESW for the Pat Poison era at all? I was not. I, I only went to a handful of ESW shows. Um, and I'll never forget about, like... The first one I went to was, it had to be 2006, mm-hmm. I think, and it was, and it was at the uh, like fire hall in t- like in Tonawanda, like uh, Tonawanda here. Yeah, Johnsburg, Johnsburg, St. Johnsburg, yeah. St. Johnsburg, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I remember going to that one, and I wish I could remember the names of like because it was like a five way mm-hmm. for the, in the like main event. And I remember there was a, a riot was like one of the guys, and mm-hmm. I remember the first time seeing him, I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "That dude, I'm rooting for him." <laughs> uh but like, I, and whenever I get a chance to see ESW, like, there's so many times where I would want, I would want to go to like an ESW show, but like, it would have a show or a rehearsal. Yeah, that's always how I've been with it too. And there was. You know, when I was training there, there was a period of time where I was there for, like, a year straight with every show they did. And that was a cool thing to be able to, like, be a part of and be able to see and stuff like that. But you're right. Like, with other commitments, sometimes yeah. it's hard to fall out of. But Pat was back in the day. So he's a friend of mine from the yard days. And uh, I just had his uh, 
his half brother Dylan on uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But Pat was somebody that adapted to wrestling so quickly with like every he, they used to just trampoline wrestle in New Jersey and then he moved up here um while we were in high school and when he was using Kevin's ring um he would he adapted to ring work mm. so quick so quickly and his big thing was he did a 630 smoother than anybody I've ever seen he would his flippy things were Gorgeous. His flippy flippy shit was fucking gorgeous. I love flippy shit. To the point where, like, you know, he'd only been here a couple months, and he would run the ropes, and then when he was running, he would get about three-quarters of the way, and he'd hit a handstand and bounce off the ropes in the handstand and, like, flip back and, like, do, like, luchador shit like that. Damn. Like, all the time. So he's who Ricochet could have... Or, like, he was, like, Ricochet version one, I would say. Gotcha. Um, And really, really, like, sadly and tragically, um, he ended up paralyzing himself. Uh, He shattered his spine in four places um, at an ESW show that I was at. He he went up for a 630, and it was overshot, and he landed right on his kind of neck and shoulders with everything. And um, we were there for it too. We were we were very good friends with him. He's still he's still alive and breathing till this day. He has a crazy story, which like Dylan detailed in like some of the parts I didn't even know. Um, but it was it was one of those moments for me, dude, where it was like, yeah, these are the hazards of wrestling, and everything became like very real through that. Do you feel like? Do you often have the conversation with people of like, oh, this is fake or this is real and like getting into the defense of wrestling like these days? Yes. And yeah, it definitely. All, all the time. There are people who are like, oh, well, you know, it's fake. It's just like, okay, predetermined. Mm-hmm. Not fake. Not fake. MCU, Marvel, that's fake. Fake. That's Game fake. of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Fake. Fake. Breaking Bad. Fake. Yeah. All that shit's fake. That, that's a green screen for mm-hmm. a lot of it, or computers. This, that is that guy jumping off that cage, going through that table, or going through that stage. Yeah, there's sure, there's a crash map. But guess what? There's still 18 feet of distance mm-hmm. where something can fucking go wrong. Yep, and I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's there's There's a lot of that, and like... You know, how many wrestlers do you see that go through their career unscathed with no injuries? Oh, God. Little to none. Yeah. Maybe, if we're being generous, it's maybe 2% of the wrestlers out there, right? Yeah. Even the ones you don't see on TV have injuries that they're going through all the time and rehabbing all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, God, just, like, I think of uh, draws. Yeah. Like oh yeah yeah that's a hard one uh, to think of too yeah th- uh, it's just it drives me crazy when people say you know oh, this is fake this it's is just fake. like the, the fake is there are many shades of fake mm-hmm. um but yeah no yeah and it was um I got very enlightened uh even more through the Undertaker documentary when he was doing it and he was oh, talking yeah. about how he would do a WrestleMania match, get repaired and all the surgeries that he needed to for the next year, 
and then get rehab from that and start training for the next WrestleMania. And that was his cycle. It's like, dude, why would you even put yourself yeah. through that? Like, as soon as as soon as his streak ended, I was like, I was like, that's when you should have stopped. Yeah, it could have it could have been that easy. Yeah, like that. it could have been Brock Lesnar pinned you. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Put, put him in the Hall of Fame. There we go. Yeah, like I understand them bringing like bringing back for the Bray Wyatt stuff because that was that could have been like a simple passing of the torch. Yeah, from, like. That phenom supernatural esque character to the next generation of it. Yeah, that um, that would have been a real easy way to do that. But yeah, the, the fact that they just kept bringing yeah, him back, like that match with Roman, not necessary. Not necessary. the match with Goldberg, not necessary. When he almost died, was that the Saudi one? Yeah. Oh yeah. That was Ugh. that was awful. That's that's a wrestling fan's nightmare. Yeah, that match. That, that was watch. That was watching Botchamania live. Yeah, oh my god, that's like the best way you could have possibly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I'm just like, stop. I was just like, yes, these are marquee names. But guess what? You wouldn't have to bring them back if you made if you focused on what you got now. No. You wouldn't have to. You just, like, hone your own talent, do that. Well, they're having the same problem with Goldberg right now. Like, the same one. It's How have you not learned this? Biggest, like, you know, I'll keep coming back to Bray Wyatt through this whole thing and mm-hmm. this whole Goldberg bullshit that they keep doing. But, like, did you not learn when you had him squash Bray? Oh, God. That was the moment that people were like, oh, why the, why the fuck should I care about Bray, if you're just going to do him like this. Yeah, and why do they keep doing that to, like, promise... Kevin Owens was... He was having a great championship run. And when, they fucked him. When they fed him to Goldberg. Dude, Kevin Owens came in as NXT champ, fought John Cena, won clean, and stood there with his foot on the U.S. title. And how cool was that? That, and it was, I was just like... Oh, that dude's awesome. Yeah. And sometimes you got to build, build people up like that. You yeah. just do. They have this whole thing now where you've got to pay dues and you got to like do this and do that. Little do people remember, sometimes people were immediately launched into the title picture and you were like, this is a big deal. Well, the best reference I have for that was Carlito. When they brought Carlito oh, in. Oh, yeah. So Carlito comes in after Cena and Booker T had done this whole best of five for the U.S. belt. And they're like, they're putting this on Cena forever, right? Oh, yeah. They're in Boston when Carlito debuts. Carlito debuts, comes out, uh, immediately challenges Cena that night for the belt. And then in the dirtiest method possible... Hits Cena with his own chain and pins him in his hometown of Massachusetts to fucking take the belt from him on his first night as an active member of the roster. And then what people forget on that, he got drafted to Raw the next year and he did the same thing with the Intercontinental belt. He took the belt from Shelton Benjamin his first night on Raw. That's that's how you build somebody. Why are we so afraid of doing shit like that these days? Ugh. Why are we so afraid of doing what they did with Brody and Cody 
on uh, AEW where Brody made it look just easy and just snatched the belt from oh, him. Oh, yeah. Why can't we do that anymore? But 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 not with Goldberg. With people that we actually like care about and want to like take these titles. Dude, all all I'm saying is if Goldberg beats Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam, I'm gonna lose my shit. My hope for SummerSlam. Is that Lashley squashes him? I hope Lashley fucking just Runs rocks him through him, just destroys. Wasn't him. Wasn't it the nicest surprise ever at WrestleMania this year when he made McIntyre go to sleep? And like they, because the whole build was right that he that McIntyre didn't get his WrestleMania moment, and that's why I was just like, okay, well, McIntyre. This is a win. foregone conclusion, right? Yeah. And we love as wrestling fans when you hit us with that curveball, absolutely, that beautiful one where it's like, do it, where where it's like, oh, he's going to get out of this, he's going down, he's not getting out of this, he went to sleep, he's going to sleep. <laughs> How beautiful is that? We're we're just like, we wanted Lashley built like this forever, forever ago when he wasn't ECW champion, right? And like, now you're giving him this and we're like, you did it. Yeah. The next next step is just, just, just give us the Lashley Lesnar match. Yes. Like, please. Please, that's, like I don't care. Like that's all people have been like the mo- when Lashley came back. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. That's why he came back. Yep. They're like, oh, it's it's like the memes. It's like, ma, can we get such and such? Like, oh, can we you- get Lesnar? Like, what? Well, you got Lesnar at no. home, and it's Goldberg. Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and it's just like, no, no, come on. Like, I know, like. I'm I'm over here harping on part timers and like Lesnar is the part time part timer, but it's just like, yeah, but he's got credibility. Mm-hmm. Like, watching his he caved in Frank Mir's freaking skull. Yeah, he did. He like he when bashed he, him in. He survived a crazy barrage from Shane Carwin and came back to win that yeah. fight. Like when he came back, when Lesnar re- came back to WWE. I was I was like actually like oh he might kill someone yeah and that was one of the coolest eras to be a wrestling fan ever like, was when he came, made his comeback I'll never forget it was like that that's like that arc with him coming back in Cena and they had that pull apart ball, brawl mm-hmm. and they just the camera pans over to Cena and he's just bloody bloody I'll never forget I was just like. I was like, ah, yeah, Lesnar's been in the UFC for a couple years. Give me this forever. Like, just give give me all of that. And then he's using submission-style moves, like submission-style MMA yeah. moves, like Kamoras he's bringing in, and, like, yeah. certain things like this and that. And it just, it legitimizes it so much when you can do that. Yes. So start bringing that in. Make people legit, like, and, you know, they started to do that with, Bray a bunch of times and they cut him off doing that and they started to do it with like they did it with remember when Punk had the straight edge society and how big that was Uh, and then he dropped the belt totally unceremoniously to Taker 
And like that's one of like the few gripes I have against Undertaker is and, like that involvement yeah. in that whole storyline. And then the big show just pinned all of them at once. <laughs> Trash. Just Trash. Trash. Why are you why are you doing they start and stop uh storylines all the time, like when they were doing um what was the terrible thing that they were doing this year with Mustafa Ali? Um, oh, ret- mm-hmm. Retribution. Retribution. Where I was hearing reports three weeks into it that they ran out of ideas for what to do. Yeah. Met- what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean you ran out of an idea three weeks in? Yeah. It's like, oh, the, these, these these rogue guys, they're attacking the performance center. Oh, they're mm-hmm. like setting something on fire backstage. Oh, but they're... Uh, we gave them contracts. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> and like, what was... What were their names? Like, Slapjack and, like, Stuart... Mace, like- T-Bar, Slapjack, and then... One, then I forget who <laughs> Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez, the... Like, yeah, yeah, One yeah, of yeah, them yeah, was yeah. called Retribution. <laughs> and I forget what the other one's name... Mercedes Martinez... She was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I know. I remember watching that and being like, am I watching Justice League Unlimited right now? What the fuck is this? When they came out with those fucking masks, friggin' uh, Mace, I forget his actual name, looking with the fucking Bane-looking mask, I was like, oh... Mm-hmm. I was like, someone thought this was a good idea. Entirely separate from what they're doing with the Dark Order right now, too, right? Because, like, it's cool seeing the Dark Order because they're, they're like, they're definitely an intimidating faction. But there's also this casual kind of thing with oh, it, yeah. too. They're an intimidating faction, but they're also good guy yeah which is funny because like when they came in they were the heels and then like and then Brody lee comes out as the exalted one mm-hmm. and then they were on bte <sighs> and them on bte was some of the funniest oh it's the best that i've ever seen in my yeah. life <laughs> freaking john silver is one of my favorite people he's the best like and that's why, like, we were talking before we started, like, the Brody Lee memorial episode. Watching John Silver's match destroyed me. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, nope, I can't. I know. It, it, it hurts. Yeah. I have a cool story that involves a Dark Order, and it was uh, my first and only time at Smash Wrestling um, up in Canada. Where they were booked on that show, they have Smash has these crazy bookings. They were almost like the PWG for for Canada mm. for a for a while. Um, but the show I went to, so context on this, Kevin and like breaking kayfabe a little bit here. Um, Kevin had informed me of some things that were going on at that particular Smash, and. Uh, Later on, he was also like, I kind of have a spot if you want to get in on this. And my one biggest regret from wrestling training and, you know, all the work I put in was I never got to have a moment on the indies. Mm -hmm. And so when he said that, I was I was planning on going anyway, but I was also like, yeah, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that because this is going to be some cool shit to be able to do. And um, so we get up to the show and there's. 
there's maybe a hundred seats in the audience. The people on this lineup were <laughs> you could have paid so much money for this show. You had um Stu Grayson and Evil Uno both on that show. Um I saw Evil Uno pull off a um a swanton through that, like as a miss. And it scared the absolute fuck out of me that he was doing that. Um, Speedball Mike Bailey, who's just like this incredible Mm. talent. Um, Tarek. uh, um, Shoot, why am am I blanking on his name? I'm I'm thinking of someone and it'll come back to me. Um, And then like Psycho Mike and like all these people that are revered indie wrestlers. Like everywhere. These really... Every match was gold and, like, well put together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm backstage, and it was the first time I had been backstage in a locker room in forever. And all of a sudden, I'm backstage at Smash. So I'm seeing, like, the real Evil Uno and, like, you know, all these guys that I've definitely... Hal- Halal Beefcake, who Kevin's working with, like, heavily at the time. Um, and then there's this one guy that I'm looking at, I'm like... This dude's build is super familiar, and he's just, like, he's not, like, you know, he's kind of getting into his gear, but he's, like, no mask, no nothing, like, nothing I can tell distinctly who it is. I'm like, this this dude looks like there's, like, a familiar build with him. Dude, it's fucking Ultimo Dragon. Oh, shit. I'm looking at Ultimo Dragon without his fucking mask on. That's mind-boggling. And I was like, holy shit. Like, he never, he never reveals these moments, like, ever. And I'm in this locker room, like, doing this or whatever. Um, So, like, I get to watch this whole show with all these people. And then um, that was the night Kevin won the belt. And part of the spot I had is he, uh, we pulled some shady shit. And Tarek was holding it at the time. And then when the ref was out, like, 20 of us from the backyard jumped Tarek's ass. And just, like, stomped his ass through the whole thing. And then one of the guys from Halal Beefcake gave him, a good, like, a real good lariat. And we threw Kevin on top, and Kevin won the belt. And we're, like, it was Halal Beefcake and then all the guys we grew up wrestling with in the ring with him together, holding him up on our shoulders. Walking out, he has this whole entourage of people that's, like, leaving behind him. I'm doing the Ric Flair walk, like, walking out in front of people. This one dude is so mad in the audience. He's going, fuck you, fuck you, (laughs) fuck you to every one of us that's passing. Because he's, Kevin's such a white meat baby face here, but they fucking hate him in Canada. Really? They hate his ass in Canada. Really? They hate the shit out of him. So we're leaving. (laughs) We're pulling the shady ass shit and leaving, and they're booing the fuck out of us. Like walking through there. But it was such a cool, it was a cool show to be a part of because you're seeing all these talents that would be on AEW two months later and then, you know, contributing to this cool moment that I have with Kev. Yeah. Like doing something like that. That's awesome. that That was definitely a fun time and it made me miss wrestling more than I ever have like ever have in the past. And like, you know, guys like Blackwood and Puff and stuff are there. So it's like it's, it was immersing me in, like, oh, this is the wrestling culture again now and what we're doing with all of that. Yeah, that's that's part of why I love AEW. It's because, like, yeah, they have so many established names that you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen them like, mm-hmm. here and there. Like, you're Christian, you're Cody, like, all these, like, the Matt Hardys and all that. But then it's just like, 
once in a while, like especially like on dark elevation, it's like you see all these like people that they bring in to mm-hmm. work. So like seeing like Blackwood and all, I'm just like and, and Garcia and who's Garcia. killing it right now. Oh man, oh this when the match with Darby this past week, he was great when they brought up when Jr. brought up the car accident. <sighs> I was like, oh fuck, I forgot. God about that. That was a terrible thing. That yeah. was um that was one of the scariest days ever for me cuz I didn't know about it until I heard like the aftermath of mm. everything. But then I was like I'm texting Kevin like are you okay? Like like what the fuck is is going on and like and having to be there through cuz he carried a lot of guilt through that mm. whole thing too cuz he was driving that night. So it was but it's you know it's no, it's no fault on him because that could have happened to anybody. It yeah. was, a, it was a freak thing that happened to happen at that yeah, right it's time. Like sometimes, like it's, it's sad to say, but sometimes shit happens. Yeah, and like, like thank God, like no one lost their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, but that, like, that also the real life toughness of. Danny Garcia is fucking that that dude got out of the car with two broken legs, two broken legs. And he got himself out of the fuck. He like crawled through the window to get the fuck out that. So that dude deserves every bit of recognition that he is getting right. That is the most raw talent I've ever seen in a wrestler ever. Yeah. He, oh man, watching him, watching him in Darby because Darby Watching Darby Allen wrestle, it's like, it's just like watching like, oh yeah, because it's just like, it's gorgeous. Guys, he, it's just, he's out there to inflict damage. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in the dives that he does, like through the like middle or lower rope, <laughs> like the one last week in the tag match. You're like, how do you not get injured? Yo, he I thought he took the dude from 2.0's head off mm-hmm. when he like he's having the stare down with Sting. All of a sudden, poof, I was like, I was I like, know. how is he not hurt? I know it's crazy. It's crazy to watch all that. But even like you know when he's working Garcia and he hits the coffin drop, and all of a sudden Garcia has him in a submission. <laughs> that I was like, oh shit! I'm like, this is fucking cool. Like so this good. is. This is the angle that not many people are focusing right now or the real-life holds and shit that you could... That's what made me so interested in guys like, you know, it's taboo to say, but Benoit and, like, Bret Hart and uh, Dean Malenko and, like, all those submission-style wrestlers that were like, we could take a limb at any time. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't leave anything open for us or we're gonna, we're gonna just take this. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. What was it when... Was it... F- it was hog wild because WCW. Mm-hmm. That was when they went to Sturgis. Right? Yes, yes. I think it was Benoit versus Dean Malenko <laughs> at Sturgis, and it was just near fall after near fall. But the match was just—it's gorgeous. It, it's the technical chaining and the technical wrestling is so lost now, and it's oh, yeah. gorgeous. To yeah. be able to watch. Oh, yeah, because, like, people have to have four-minute matches. Mm-hmm. In, in two of those minutes is people making their entrance. Or, yeah, or Ray has to have his, you know, WrestleMania moment limited to nine minutes so that Tori Wilson and Candice Michelle can do their Playboy pillow fight for longer yeah. than they had for that match. How the fuck are you going to squeeze 
that big of a moment into nine minutes. Right. Why? Why are you doing that? There, there's a good story Kevin tells about how when he and Danny Danger worked for the last time, which there's so much history there, mm-hmm. um, they went like eight minutes over their time. <laughs> Oh god. And they got ripped apart backstage by like like Thurston especially like really dug into Kev with that. But sometimes you just need that time. Sometimes that time just helps establish the story. You feel like you get half the story if you get like a 4 minute match with that shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cuz then the 4 minute match turns into 50-50 <clears throat> booking where one week one this person will win, but they'll continue that storyline next week and the other person will win. <laughs> and then that will set up the match at the pay-per-view in two weeks. That's a cool thing with AEW is they they put so much emphasis on the records that it adds such a good sense of legitimacy yes. to it. Because like they're like, oh, these actually matter here. You can't just flip-flop wins and losses for all these weeks leading to the pay-per-view and then the pay-per-view match is what matters. Yeah. No. Your actual standing is what matters in this company. I love that they actually focus on that. Mm-hmm. That's like with uh, All Out coming up. Everybody's like, oh, my God, why is Christian getting the title match? It's because he's the number one ranked guy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it should be Adam Page. Adam Page lost. It was the same thing with when um, I heard a lot of complaints, and this isn't title related, but when uh, Wardlow was Jericho's fourth labor. And, like, I heard a lot of criticism about that where it was like, but it was like, what do you, no, 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 this is perfect. This is the perfect storytelling right now because you know as well as I do, they have been setting up Wardlow turning on MJF for over a year now. Oh, absolutely. You definitely see that coming. Mm -hmm. I understand where people, like, are getting that criticism just because of, like, yeah, you had the Sean Spears is the first one. So that made you think, oh, okay, so – each of the trials, like, is just going to be each of the members of Pinnacle. Yeah, sure. And then the next week they bring in Nick Gage mm-hmm. and then Juventud Guerrera. Yeah. And that gets you thinking, oh, okay, so what surprise are they going to have for next week? Mm-hmm. And then it's Wardlow. And people are like, oh. Yeah. And it, but at the same time, that is setting, like, that's setting the seeds of not only with Jericho. Like, yes, that's, like, a major player because that's... A and B is Jericho and MJF, mm-hmm. but B and C is that di- like dissension between Wardlow and MJF, which like, has been happening for a long yes. time. So you can't criticize it now because they're you see from their track record they are setting up something. They are so good at long term storytelling. So good, like with. The Hangman page. Yes, stuff. this is this is great right now. Like they like, and everybody's like, "Oh, why? Like, why isn't he getting the title match?" It's like, well, a, he's having a kid. Yeah, so that's, that's a big thing. Let for him. him do him. Mm-hmm. But like, they will. Like, I have so much faith that they like when he comes back, it's gonna just be seamlessly like fit, fit right yes. back into this story. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too, I feel that. I also feel like this is selfish, but a perfect full circle thing would be if Bray signed to AEW and led the Dark Order. I was thinking about that because... (sighs) Did you watch AEW on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. Like how in the Impact Tag Title match, only Colt Cabana came out. Yeah. And they were talking about how there's like dissension in the Dark Order. And I was like, oh, I wonder if... 
they will ha- wind up having like two separate groups of the Dark Order. Oh, that'd be cool too. Like you can mm. have like your you'd like five. 10 and then like Alex Reynolds and John Silver mm-hmm. with Hangman. Yeah. But then like your Cole Cabana, your Stu Grayson and Eve Luno with fucking Bray. Bray. <sighs> oh, it gives Ooh. me chills just thinking about Ooh. it. Yeah. That's such good. And they're like, you know, they're already thinking about like, okay, if he were to come here, what can we do with that? Like, you see what they're doing with fucking Miro now, formerly Rusev. Beautiful. Beautiful. The, like that's what this, you should have been doing with this man the entire time. This is the Miro that I, like he has always deserved to be. Mm-hmm. Like even when it was Rusev Day, yeah, like, he was so over then. He could he should have been this dominant. Mm-hmm. But as the God's favorite champion, yeah. bro, and all that setup it was was perfect. The long term term storytelling was perfect for that. Perfect. And, and there's so much criticism, and it's so unwarranted of people being like, uh, they're just taking all of the old WWE guys. They're just taking all this. Yeah, because they're talented and because they want to work and that because they're giving them good spots. Yeah. So why not let them work and get good spots? Yes. What is wrong with you? Why wouldn't you sign these guys? Do you want them to sit at home and do nothing? It, right? What are you going to do? If the work is there, give it to them. Mm-hmm. And now they have, like tonight, is the premiere episode of Rampage. Like, you have such a diverse roster that you can, like split it between dynamite and rampage Mm -hmm. yeah exactly it's it's cool to see their path and how they've been expanding with everything um hold on one second oh you're good brother julie's asking me about chipotle and that's an important uh chipotle is always prime prime questions Mm -hmm. to answer I'll make sure I let him know. Um, So let's get into some SummerSlam stuff. Okay. Because actually, before we do that, I want to get into a few rapid fires with you. Um, Okay. Because uh, I definitely have wanted to ask you this. So your your love of wrestling came from where? What was like the first moment that drew you in? Oh, man. I have been watching... Since I was a child, I like one of the earliest memories I have... Well, there's two distinct ones. There's one is going to see WWF at the Niagara Falls Convention Center. Ooh, cool. Way back when. And I rem- never forget, it was um, Lex Luger. The main event was Lex Luger versus Yokozuna. Ooh, um, great main event. Yes. And I remember uh, Billy and Bart Gunn were in a tag team match um, against... Head shrinkers, I believe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. Um, I remember Adam Bomb was there. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so there was that. And I remember f- leading up to that like event there, 
I can't remember which one it was. It was in an Arby's. Lex Luger was doing a signing. <sighs> That's and, such an old school thing. I love yeah, that shit. It was, and we went and like I stood in line and got the like autograph picture of Lex Luger. Lex Luger flexing American flag behind him. The Lex Express. All of that. That's cool as shit. So I have yeah I've been watching since I was a little kid and there was like getting into high high school like like wrestling wasn't cool so i didn't really watch it that much but then like one like going like getting into college and like theater and like doing the stage combat i like started to pick it back up because yeah because getting into that actor like combat brain i was like a new appreciation of what they were doing sure of course because it's like oh yeah like i respect the hell because you that. realize it's not that easy at this no. like that, that the energy they expend not that you ever thought that but yeah. like you know it, it gives you a whole new appreciation for it oh yeah I, I that makes me sad that you missed on out on the high school stuff because all my major wrestling friends were in high school when i met right them. like that was all like and, you know, like Kevin's claim to fame is he had a ring in his backyard. So, like, mm-hmm. that's how I, like, got into, like, training and doing things. So those were, like, the formative years for me. Um, but grade school is definitely – I've definitely found that's when most people were interested in it. Oh, yeah. Especially because, like, you know, the curtain's still kind of drawn on everything. Yeah. And, like, um, favorite wrestler of all time. Ooh, okay. Favorite wrestler of all time. It can be a couple, too, if you yeah. just don't have one and just want to name off a couple that are the biggest influences. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, definitely. <sighs> oh, man. That's why I love you so much. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero, just because, like, he like he was so good in the ring. Like, but also he was, like, even when he was a heel, he was fascinating to watch. Yeah. Like, I have been doing, like, I'm doing this thing right now where I am watching Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view chronologically Mm -hmm. i started doing it on the wwe network and then but i had to like take a break when they moved over to peacock because they only had recent episodes of smackdown on there for the longest time Mm -hmm. but now like they have all the back catalog up on peacock so i'm like sweet so and so i'm like going back through that and it's just in smackdown it's just getting to when Chavo and Eddie are starting their tag team, and they're doing the tag team title tournament to crown Los Guerreros. Los Guerreros, so good. And so, like, I'm just like, like SmackDown when it like with Chavo, Eddie, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, Edge, and Rey Mysterio, Charlie Haas, Charlie Benjamin. Like you didn't back when Paul Heyman was writing everything for it, like. SmackDown was always my favorite show just because it was all like they always it always like they always treated it as the B show, but it was like, yeah, but that's where the wrestling is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. That's what I want to watch. That's where everything was. That's what I grew up with. I never grew up with Raw. I always was on SmackDown and like yeah. watching that. Because they had Undertaker, they had John Cena when I was first watching it. They always had Ray. You know, when they started doing the drafts, they had Triple H for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it was great. It was great content. Edge, Edge was doing his best work oh, on SmackDown. So good. Best. Best when he was champion. The whole like familia angle was oh was gross oh, for a so while. Good. You wanted to see them lose for so long. Um Eddie's definitely that's my top choice for 
um, goat too. Oh, that yeah. he's he's my goat. Um, so on that note, how happy does it make you to see Chavo working with um, Andrade right I now? Love it. I love it. It's so, I love it. It's and that's the thing. Like AEW is like the way that they treat like the legends talent mm-hmm. is so well done because they like have them in like these coaching or managerial roles but also they are, like have a lot of focus too mm-hmm. like Arn Anderson was doing some great stuff like with Cody yeah until he fucking Malachi Black came in and hey, fucking killed him. And, like, killed him, yeah. <laughs> oh, Straight God. up. That's another... Oh, Malachi. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're using the talent so well. So well right now with everything. Like, they know... It's because they trust them. Yeah. It's because they trust their talent and to know what they can do. you need that. You need the trust. Yes. You need the trust. You can't have somebody micromanaging the whole time with that. You can't. Yeah. You can't do it. You need to trust your talent, and the talent knows needs to know that they can trust you, and they... And that's why I feel like it's working so well is because they are – they know that they can trust, like, AEW. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. Um, and that's, like I, – I feel like with certain things, like, you see the success – like, so I just read this thing that Roman Reigns has apparently been unscripted from his promos for over a year. And when you, you hear that, it makes sense because you're like, oh – yeah, because the stuff's been so good, and it's because it's actually him being passionate about the shit, and they're not handing him a script to go read on every SmackDown. And you can tell when people are handing people scripts mm-hmm. and when people are shooting from the hip because you the passion's different oh, yeah. with everything with it. That's like... I've just been... Like, I, and I hate that I haven't learned a, like... About him sooner, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, yeah. His promos are some are my so favorites. So good. Just the way he, it just like always seems like, uh, he, like if someone's reacting something some way, like he, the way he just immediately like, like will just catch on to it, and mm. yeah, no, it's so good. Yeah. Um, favorite match of all time. Ooh. Or if you have a couple, you can list a couple. Favorite matches. Um, Eddie Guerrero and... Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. I think it's Halloween Havoc 98. Man, that's a great one. (laughs) Um, That is one. Honestly... I love the hair versus hair match between Kurt Angle and Edge. I knew you were going to say that. You know what? That's a great match. It is so good. That's a great match. Um, Eddie Guerrero again, um, and it was a SmackDown match. It was a ladder match between – was it a ladder match? I think it was – no, it was just a no DQ match. It was Edge and Eddie Guerrero just in a no DQ match. But they, like, took out the ladder. (laughs) And, oh. And that was just so good. That's a gorgeous thing uh, to think about, especially in this time. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Those, those are like they're like in a, they're all just like such. Older they're so matches. good. Um, those are really good ones because I feel like that's 
you like the bare bones wrestling, which I really like too. I like, you know, some of my favorites are definitely like Michaels and Taker at WrestleMania 25. Yeah. Like that's, that's a classic one. The second one's really good, but the first one for me just like will always outdo it just because the stakes were so high at that time for oh, both yeah. of them. And you kind of knew what was going to happen in the second one, right? You kind of did. Um, Edge versus McFoley at WrestleMania 22 is one of my oh, favorite yeah. ones. That hardcore match is just, as far as brutality, that's um, the best match I can ever think of because it's beautiful violence the entire way through. Um, Eddie versus The Rock on Raw, um, when they did that on that one Monday night, yeah. uh, after Eddie had or after The Rock had picked up the title from Taker and Angle at Unforgiven, that that match was just like the way. The the clip that always sticks out in my mind from that is when uh, Dwayne puts him up for the rock bottom, right? And Eddie um, just kind of, like, whips out of it. Like, he just arm oh, yeah. drags out of it. And it was such a simple counter to that move, but the way it flowed. Sometimes there's just something about it. Where you're like, this is beautiful right now. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is just very good. Um, there are some Chris Benoit matches, and he's wild. All the time. <laughs> um, there are some Chris Benoit matches that I will always look back on with fun, like him and Dean Malenko. Like any of their matches, I'll always like look at any, in a beautiful light. Any Benoit angle matches, yeah, the two of them were perfect. Just constantly just give him mm-hmm. bangers. It's. It's such a shame that Benoit will always have the legacy that he has because people will always overlook what he did for wrestling. Oh, yeah. And I'm one of those people that likes to try and think of what he did for wrestling rather than how he went out. And you can't ignore how he went out, right? Like no. there, there, There's no possible way to... but. Every time whatever by Our Lady Peace hit and he was coming out and those strobes were on, you were trapped. Oh, yeah. And and you were doing nothing for the next 15 minutes. And you were watching him go through and do everything. One of my favorites, so like I told you, I didn't watch Raw for the longest time. So SmackDown was my only exposure to watching certain matches. Mm -hmm. So my era that I came up with was my first memory of wrestling was Undertaker coming out when JBL was champ and choke slamming him and going, you, me, SummerSlam. That's the first memory I have of any wrestling. So, um... Eddie and Angle are feuding at that point because Eddie or um, Angle had just gotten fired as GM oh, yeah. of SmackDown. Um, and then you have all like the beautiful stuff that's going in with that. So the year after that is when Benoit gets drafted over to SmackDown from Raw, even though he had been drafted the year before. But that was the Triple H debacle where they had him drafted there for 24 hours and then brought him back to Raw. Yep. That whole weird fucking thing. Um <laughs> And um, so they they bring Benoit back the next year, and he beat – this is going to be a throwback name for you, but he beats Orlando Jordan oh, for man. the U.S. title in 25 seconds at SummerSlam. 
and they're doing all these promos with him on the things he could do just as fast as when he beat Orlando. Like, he's making a cup of coffee. He's taking a piss. He's like, and then he's beating him on SmackDown even quicker than he beat him at SummerSlam. Like, he's getting him in, like, 18 seconds. He's getting him in 15. He's getting him in, like, all these. And it was brilliant the way they were doing it. Brilliant. For his, like... Technically, it wasn't ring. Like, when he would, like, got a good promo, like, he was funny. Bro, so good. Like, he was so good. Yeah. He just had this whole other layer to him. Even when, like, when he got drafted from SmackDown to ECW, he had been feuding with MVP. Yes. And the aggression in that was perfect oh, from God, him because yeah. you could the the passion he had with it he was like yeah I'm, I'm not letting you off the hook for this i'm never letting you off the hook for this shit and i'm gonna go after you until i get drafted oh, for yeah. that but that was that was a gorgeous spot to be in with that mm-hmm. Ugh, makes me so sad um okay so those were the only rapid fires i had for you <laughs> all right um so now let's get to SummerSlam because we're looking at a at a decent SummerSlam, right? As long as COVID doesn't fuck up everything for these people. Yeah, they like they. The last thing I heard was the arena that it's at is making people mask up. Yeah, which is which is fine. That, yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, I I had this conversation with someone recently, but like. If you're not going to vax, you got to mask up. Yeah, you you, you there, there's no two ways about it. Like that's that's where we're at in this point in history. That's what we have to do for the safety of others and our friends around us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, people like it's, it's, people are playing too many games with this. Yeah, don't you want to get back to your normal everyday life, people? <laughs> like, <Come on. laughs> I know it, it's it's kind of ridiculous, but. We're looking like we have a really stacked card on our hands, which um, I always am happy with in a pay-per-view. Money in the Bank was really good, so I am hoping for bigger and better things forever in the future with yeah. them. We know it's not going to happen, but we can we can pray, right? Yeah. Um, from the looks of it at this moment, only one of these matches doesn't have championship like gold on the line yeah i know and that'll change within like so we're full disclosure we're recording this episode a little bit early so things may change within the time that between the recording and SummerSlam actually airs you know that they're gonna put together like one last minute like oh we feuded for a week and now we're jumping into this match at SummerSlam. i I would hope so, but I, I at this point in time, I don't have any faith. Yeah, uh, who knows um, at this point? Yeah. Um. So let's start with right now. What's listed as the only non-title fight on here? So we have Edge and Rollins, which I don't know about you, but I love this feud right now. I think it's great. Um, I love the like arrogant heel that Rollins is right now Mm -hmm. like his like when he was feuding with Bray Wyatt and the crowd turned him heel Mm -hmm. because they were so into Wyatt 
in The Fiend that Rollins just kind of evolved into this Monday Night Messiah character. Sure, sure. Was great. Mm-hmm. Like, I, lo- I loved his character. Like, I th- loved, like, just how just regal he acted. Mm-hmm. But, like, this new evolution of him, like, he's coming out and he's, like, just floral suits, just like the slick back hair, just like this snobby, arrogant, just dickhead. You can't touch me. Yeah, like I love it. Yeah, and like yeah, I like him versus Edge because like they do have that history. Mm-hmm. I I love that they're bringing that in too. Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. Imagine that WWE is actually looking at like. Some sort of continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for once. Like, they're actually, like, bringing in things that they should be bringing in. Um, that's something I wanted to – we're totally jumping all over the place, but we're – you know, that's how it goes with these podcasts. But something earlier I wanted to bring up, like, Cena, when he comes back, a lot of people talk about, like, he didn't have this fire. He didn't do, like, this or whatever. He was always really good, right? And he always brought up – that's one of the things I loved about him is he always brought up the stuff that was, like, buried from either current times or he'd bring up stuff from, like, years ago that, like, had happened or things. Like, the one thing I was thinking of is when he did um, – he had that feud with The Miz. And in that one promo, he goes – he's saying something like, I don't want to be in this position with you. I don't want to work you at WrestleMania. If I had my way, I'd be working The Undertaker. And, like, which was a thing that, like, the fans had been, like, we want him to work Undertaker, we want him to do this. But he put it on blast for, like, the whole universe to, like, hear. And that's one of the things that I love that they're doing with this Edge. And, like, Seth Rollins thing is the Edge bringing up, like, oh, in the past you said you would break my neck if, like, if, like, this shit happens. But that's the real energy Mm -hmm. it needs because real fights have that energy of, like, oh, yeah, years ago this guy said something about me like this. Yeah, and it's also true because, like, oh, Edge is, like, had that surgically repaired neck. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I'm taking – I feel like Edge needs to come out on top in this, right? Like, otherwise, the legitimacy of him coming back is kind of, like, washed and things like that. So just based on that logic, I'm going to take Edge in this match. Would not be surprised to see Rollins go over, right? To bring the feud out more to, and further. To, to draw it out some more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can I can definitely see Rollins picking up the win, but, like, using, like, heel tactics. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's going to, like, especially... Especially going playing into like I don't know what site you have pulled up with the list because like but I have like CBS dot com sure our CBS Sports pulled up and like they give a little blurb on each of the shows yeah the I matches. like them for that reason I do that for MMA sometimes because they'll they, bring up something good and they bring up that Edge said that Rollins was just Edge Light mm-hmm. so I can see Rollins using like some heel tactics. And pulling it off and saying, like, "Yeah, who's the op- ultimate opportunist now?" I would say the concerto thing, but Roman already pulled that on them at WrestleMania, yeah. so that's out the window. But yeah, so I see either Edge winning it and taking it now, or I see a long feud that's drawn out till at least Survivor Series, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, yeah, 
they would probably draw it out Definitely. for that long. Um, I'm looking forward to that match, though. They're two really good workers. I know when Edge had his podcast, he talked about how Rollins was a really great talent and he would have loved to like work him, and now they have that opportunity. And at this point with Edge, I feel like he is going to pull out all the stops with everything because he's fucking crazy. Yeah, I I don't see them doing another like title run with Edge. No, I don't. Unfortunately, it would have been WrestleMania would have been a good moment, but I don't think they need it anymore. Right? It, no. They they ended it the perfect way. They kept Roman on top, which is what they needed to do. Yeah. Um I, especially because like I feel like in that moment a lot of people didn't actually know how how much Edgewood is going to be able to do. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, it's not, he's, like, not the Daniel Bryan story. I know. Don't you, like, I always hold my breath on every spear that he does. Every spear, just every move. Like, and <laughs> when Daniel Bryan came back, it was like, and Daniel Bryan is still young. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah. Edge. Edge is up there now. Edge is up there. So I'm just like... I was just like, ah, oh, but how long? How long is he going to be able to go for? Sure, but I feel like the fact that they're doing like this program with him and Seth now, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe he's, maybe like they're like, oh, he's actually a lot better than we thought. Hundred percent. So yeah, so it's good for him, and I'm glad that he can like. Yeah, I'm glad he's able to still keep going. Um, it, it, regardless of anything, the Rumble moment they gave him this year was. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. I I was so happy to watch that, and it was selfishly for me. Edge's um, Kevin's favorite wrestler of all time. So that night, every once in a while, it'll be just like me and him for a pay per view, and that was one of those nights for mm-hmm. the Rumble. So I got to kind of watch him be a kid again and see Edge oh, yeah. win the Rumble, and like him being like, "Fuck, they gave it to him!" Like that's so cool. Like his childhood guy. I'll oh, never yeah. forget, like when when he retired senior year, like. That was Kevin's profile picture was him, like, on the mic on Raw, like, crying. Like, he had that much respect for him yeah, always. That was, that was a rough one. Oh, God, it was the worst. Debry retiring made me watch Edge retire when, like, that whole thing happened. Like, it, it brought me back to that whole thing. And the fact that we got to see them both in the same WrestleMania match this year, you look back yeah. on those things and you're like, we are spoiled as wrestling fans all the time. As much shit as we've been giving WWE this whole podcast – we're spoiled. We are. We like, we are. This is us as selfish, like greedy fans. Well, I don't think it's us being like selfish and greedy. It's because sure. we know we know how good they can be. Absolutely. And Absolutely. the fact that they like at this point in time are just complacent in sure. the, in like the product that they're giving. It's like, come on, you you we know you could be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go with um, so we have we kind of feel edge right for this one, but we our secondary is definitely long feud coming. Long feud coming. I'm yeah. A, I'm actually gonna take Rollins on this one. Are you? I am. Okay. I am just because I feel like he's gonna play into that edge light aspect. Great. And be like I'm as mu- I'm as much an opportunist as you are. That's that's excellent. Perfect. So we're split on that one. That's I love the competition with it. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, so let's go to the tag team match then, because that's the first championship match that involves over two people. <laughs> um, so we've got the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, um, who have been on fire this year with everything with Roman. Yeah, um, oh, it was the spark they needed for that tag team for sure. Um, versus my favorite tag team right now, which is the Mysterios, which is Dominic and Ray. Um, 
biasly, they are my favorite tag team, right? Because I, when I started watching, Dominic was still a kid and he was still like my that, age. That ladder match for Dominic? Yeah, that was, that was like height of, that was the first year of my wrestling fandom. So like, you know, when they did Great American Bash year that year, that was oh, like, God, Dominic yeah. was still like in the stakes for that. Yeah. That was so cool story about that to sidetrack real quick. We talked about Eddie earlier. So my dad works at the Adams Mark Hotel, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times wrestlers will stay around the area, but they don't necessarily stay at the Adams Mark, right? They only have like a couple of things to do with that. Um, so I had mentioned to my dad, I was like, if there are wrestlers staying there. You got to tell me, you got to tell me if they're there or whatever and all this. So he comes home for work on the day of Great American Bash. And selfishly, as a kid, I'm hoping that someone's going to, like, throw him tickets, right? So that I could go to the Great American Bash because pay-per-view tickets are expensive. Right. (laughs) Um, And he tells me, he pulls in, he tells me that uh, there was a wrestler who he was talking to the whole day. And unfortunately, he didn't have tickets to the Great American Bash. But the wrestler specifically wanted him to tell me. Then he said, hi. And I said, who is this wrestler? And he says, Eddie Guerrero. He wants uh. to tell me that. And, uh, it, you know, we had this whole joke that my dad pulled around his Lincoln, right? Because he had a Lincoln at the time. And, you know, he, he's driving out the low rider every week on SmackDown. <laughs> so my dad came back to him and he was like, not the car I was hoping to pull around. But, like, you know, and Eddie, like, laughed a little bit or whatever. But then, so... um you know how WWE maps, they tend to like go to places that are semi-close to them after um, pay-per-views and everything yeah, yeah. like that. Um, so Great American Bash happens here, and then they're taping SmackDown on Tuesdays at the time. And they were in Rochester for SmackDown because it's like, you know, it's so close and it's a SmackDown yeah. pay-per-view. So Eddie at the time stayed at the Adams Mark and just drove to Rochester and then just came back to the Adams Mark so he could fly out to wherever he was going the next day. So my dad at the time is only working Sunday and Wednesdays. Now, I have an old program from the Road to WrestleMania 21 tour when him and Ray tagged. Mm. And I hand the program to my dad and I'm like, please, if he's there, please, please get him to sign this for me. And someone caught Eddie at, like, 7 a.m. when he was about to go to, like, the airport or something like that. And they got him to sign it. And I still have that picture from my program ripped out, framed. That's so cool. In storage somewhere. Oh. And it just... And then he died, like, four months later. God damn! And so it, it hurts me partially every time I look at that. Oh, man. But it was, Nick, it was my first moment in wrestling where I was like, wrestlers are real. Yeah. And they're real people. And, like, this guy talked to my dad and, like, had this whole, like, thing with him. And so relating all this back, the the stupid way my brain works, Dominic will always (laughs) have (laughs) a place in my life. Because that was a huge part of the storyline at the time where I had this major real-life moment in wrestling, right? So to see Dominic where he is now with Ray is just a beautiful thing. And you love to see—you don't see father and son teams often in wrestling. At all. Ever. And the one example I can think of is um, 
Randy Orton with Cowboy Bob, right? Yeah. When he was doing that whole thing at the time. Or you think of, like, Rick and Charlotte, and that's a different dynamic, right? Um, I think they're going to keep the Usos as tag champs at this point. I don't think they're going to give the belts back to Ray and Dominic. I hate to say it, but I feel like this whole thing is setting up for Dominic and Ray to feud eventually. Yeah, I when I remember when Dominic like was first like starting out, there was like rumor of him taking over like the mis- like Mysterio mantle. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah, I could see that like leading up to God, honestly, I, I could see them doing it at like WrestleMania, mm-hmm. where Dominic versus Ray, and it, like Dominic wins, and Ray like passes on the Mysterio like mask and like the legacy to and him, legacy yeah. to him, and then like Dom- and Dominic starts like wearing the mask, but like it's his own version. Like I could see him just like doing like the half mask, like the because. Dom's got a well. That's a cool thing with <laughs> that's a cool thing with Ray is like he's Ray Mysterio Jr. originally because his uncle bestowed the name Ray Mysterio on mm-hmm. him. So there was this whole ceremony of him passing on the name to Ray, right? And I think they're gonna keep it very um, traditional. Oh yeah, with that. And I know um, I remember reading a while back that um, Ray. Has uh, he had trademark Principe uh, Mysterio, which is Prince Mysterio? Yeah, yeah. Which you know that could eventually be what Dominic leads up to, but at this time, they're not going to win the titles. Now we can kind of be in agreement on that. Like yeah. they just lost them. It'd be stupid for them to kind of transition them back. It wouldn't be unheard of, right? No, we've not seen at all. stupider shit happen in the past. Yeah, but. Yeah, no, the the Usos and and the is the family with Roman, it's just gold looks too good on. And, and part of them is keeping and part of that is keeping them strong, right? Yeah. Is like keeping them for that and so that they can remain dominant and in a really good place and keep Roman looking really good. The only way I could see them losing Sunday is if they were also going to make Roman lose too, which I don't which we'll get to we'll get which to that, but we'll I don't to. think is going to happen as well. Yeah. Um. So we're in agreement on that for the most part. Um. Let's go to the triple threat. So we have um Nikki Ash or Ash or whatever, however you want to call them. Yeah. Um. Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. I think they've been easily setting this up for Charlotte to just take the belt. Yeah. The 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 story. Of this one has been so slow. It's terrible. It's so bad. It's one of those ones they're just throwing together for yeah. the fuck of it. Especially because, like, you feel bad for Nikki. Yeah. because, like, she is always, like, busting butt. And doing great things right now, too. Yeah, like, this, uh, the almost a superhero like character is something that she came up with and Vince loved. Mm-hmm. It's like, for some reason, Vince loves superhero characters. He does. You, you see it with like the Hurricane and Rosie and like all those people like that. And so, like, it's just, it, you can tell that the fans are not too behind it. Fed up. Yeah. Fed up with all of it. But, like, <laughs> it's. 
It's a shame because yeah. the women are you have the most talent in women's wrestling that you've ever had in the WWE right now, and they still don't know how to book them after all this time. Yeah, it was like for the longest time, like like bottom line, like person like storylines aside. You know you're going to get a good match just because Charlotte. Oh, 100%. Good match. 100%. 100%. Rhea, like, she's still, like. Vicious. She is vicious still. It's weird because they don't know what they're pushing. Rhea is heel or face. They don't know. Sometimes they just have to pick one and just go with it. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work out the way they want it to. But it's fine because they made a decision. Yeah. You got to just keep going with it. Like, and the the audience will tell you what they want. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm definitely feeling Charlotte in this one just because of the way they've been building her on the shows. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I feel even though Nikki has like a raw victory over I think both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just haven't booked her strong enough. Nope. Going into this and like yet yeah, like yes, she's the underdog. Yes, she is literally like two feet shorter than both of them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would probably be like, oh well, then that makes the most sense for her to win. But at the same time, it's Charlotte fucking Flair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when she does well, the division does well. Yes, yes. So there's there's a, a partial thing behind that where you yeah. want the division to do well because she's at the helm. So I yeah I could I could see Charlotte taking this. Yeah, for sure. But with. Her fiance now being in AW, mm. her father just getting just leaving. Just yeah, that's a, that's another big thing. Is Ric Flair just left? Is there going to be some like backstage like pettiness? Yeah, and they're going to be like, yeah, you're taking the pin. Right, exactly. Who knows? They've done they've know, fucked people like they that have in the done past. It in the past, yes. Yeah, so mm. to at this where it stands, I see Charlotte taking it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see her pinning Nikki. Mm-hmm. Or we're gonna see some bullshit. Or we're gonna see some bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. So let's move on to so the next major kind of belt that we have is Sheamus and Damian Priest for the U.S. title. I've actually really liked this feud going into it. Um, I think Sheamus is kind of an underrated talent that they've had for a really long time. You see his experience show through now. Oh right? yeah. Like I think Sheamus is kind of at the best that he's been. Yes, yes. Um, and yeah, he's just another like underutilized one where it's just like when you let him run with it, he delivers. He goes hard. He goes um, real hard for that. In this one, I'm just I'm just so I'm just so happy to finally see Damian Priest feuding with someone that's not the Miz or Morrison. Mm-hmm. Because if I had to see one more Damian Priest, John Morrison match. Too much time of that. Too much time. Like, they've had nine matches. Yep, yep, yep. Since he, came, he got called up. It makes no sense why they book people like that. But you know what? 
I don't work for WWE. I'm just a stupid fan, apparently. Yeah, we're just stupid marks. We're just stupid marks. Um, the heart in me wants to take Damien, but I don't think they'll give him the title right now. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I could see them putting it on Damien, and then it's just going to be a back. But I could. It, it's scary. That my brain is going here, but it's because of what they do. If I, I see them putting it on Priest, and then them him and Sheamus just having a back and forth. Oh yeah, like yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go Priest winning, but this feud continues until for to a rematch at Survivor Series. Okay, you know what? For the fun of it, I'll choose. I'll take Sheamus in this, just right. to say the champ retains, and that we see. We see even more of that. Maybe he retains with some bullshit too. Yeah, he, who knows? He did like he has been starting to use the mask mm-hmm. now, so that could be some tactics there. Yeah. So, but that'll be a fun match. I think that's going to be one of the best matches on the oh, card yeah. for sure. Two fucking two big guys. Um, speaking of really good matches, so Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. I love this feud. I th- I think the fact that they've continued it like this long too. I love Sasha Banks yeah. as a heel. Mm-hmm, me too. She is so good as a heel. I think that's where she belongs right now. And I think that we're at a great place with Bianca where we want her to be a babyface mm-hmm. for right now. And we want her to really just capitalize on her moment. And WrestleMania was great. And we want to see more of that. Yes. Right? Sasha, we want to see... Different flavors of so this is the perfect thing for her right yeah, now. Yeah, and they and they work very well together. Very well together. Um, I see. There, I, I'm picking Banks. Yeah, I am too. Only because I see. Um, oh my god. Her name is slipping. Which one, Belair? No, um, Seth Rollins' wife. Oh, um, 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 Becky, Becky Lynch. I see Becky Lynch coming back. Coming back. Yes, because I I think because they now that they're starting to tour again, they kind of want like if they're married, they tend to like want them touring together. Sure, sure. Like in in. They like Seth. They like Becky. They're going to want them to like, be happy. Mm. So I see I see uh, Sasha winning. I, I see um, Becky coming back mm. and facing off with her. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I'm picking Banks for that reason, too. I either think that... Um, Banks is going to be feuding with... Uh, with Becky Lynch, like you said, I think that's either a bigger storyline or I think now it's going to be Belair versus Banks and like that's what we get kind of for the rest of the year. And that's what we kind of look forward to with that. But what other women do they have? I don't know right now. I really don't. Uh, really don't. Yeah. Cause Whoever they're not utilizing on that show. Everybody right now. else, like the rest of the women they have in like tag teams. Yeah. Yeah. Why the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so that's where I, I feel like we're both kind of in agreement on the way that one's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Un- unless they start pushing Tony Storm. I know. Which, Which that would be great because she's great. It, it would be, but do I see it happening? Not necessarily no, for not, this one. Not, not this fast. All right. So we get to the two like big title fights with this card. Here we go. So we'll go with we'll go with SmackDowns first cuz that's supposedly the B brand. Yeah. It's it hasn't been for years, but yeah. but we'll we'll keep under that facade of that. Um so we've been talking about this one a lot throughout. Um we have Roman and Cena. Um Cena coming back after a long layoff. He's been off for like a year and a half or so. Um Reigns being this dominant force that he's been right now this is a hard one to call honestly i don't know where it's gonna fall with this one yeah just because it really is difficult um because reigns is still like just so he he is so good right now he's so good his storyline it's just still building Mm -hmm. and i think I think he's going to retain because I think that they are building to WrestleMania and I think they are building to him versus Lesnar. Ooh, yeah. Because I think that Heyman is going to be caught in the middle. Oh, that's such a good, 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 good instinct on that. It's kind of like what they did with Punk and Lesnar. Yeah, 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 yeah. The best versus the beast. Mm -hmm. Like, and Heyman was like kind of like. Like halfway in between. Yeah. But, like, here I feel like... I think it makes more sense in this moment, right? Yes. Like, that's... The the relationship that Roman and uh, Lesnar are building is far better than the one with CM Punk right now from what we saw on screen with oh, the two absolutely. of them. And now we're getting this thing of, like, oh, this could be devastating if something were to happen with them. And it could break the whole family apart and, mm-hmm. like, all that, all that stuff. Um, I'm going to pick Reigns here as well, honestly. I think I think they've done solid booking with him, and I think they kind of know where they're at with how to book him, mm-hmm. which is very rare. So I think they're going to hold on to that for a little bit. Yeah, just because, it, yeah, his stuff, is, it ha- it's not stale yet. Yeah. It the, is still going strong. The one thing I can say is they are not going to make Cena look weak. No. And that's going to be a big thing for this pay-per-view. And that's... Here, here's my other argument, though, for seeing Cena win. Mm-hmm. He only needs one more victory to beat Ric Flair's title. Right, right, right. And now that they kind of got sour grapes with Flair, knowing how petty WWE is, I could kind of see them doing cutting off their nose to spite the face. One AA and that's it. <laughs> like no, that kind I don't, of a bullshit. Oh thing. god, I can't, I don't see them burying. Could you imagine? No. Oh my god! But I could see them. I could see Cena picking up the victory, getting the seventeenth title reign, mm-hmm. just so that they can expunge that from the record books for sure and now oh john cena has the most title reigns in history Mm -hmm. rick who rick who yeah huh who huh that guy from wcw yeah who Who? yeah there i i could see that too because they're they're petty like that a lot of the time sad how 
it's like you're like nah they can't be that petty but they can yeah and that's what scares me that's very scary about them um my practical brain though is going with reigns yeah i would say so too i i i think that's the way they're definitely gonna go with this um cena would surprise me i'm not gonna lie yeah It, it would surprise me to see them put the belt back on him yeah but would it be shocking? No. No. No, never. Yeah. After all the shit they've been through with him. And never. and who knows? Because they said they're going to, like, I was reading a preview of tonight's SmackDown. They're, like, supposed mm-hmm. to, like, ramp up the heat between Cena and Reigns. <laughs> Probably because AEW is on. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Like, I feel like if they were going to, like, if they were going to, te- like, even hint at putting it on Cena, he would have made mention to only one win from sure, the record, sure. which he hasn't even done yet. He hasn't no. even been on fucking TV. Nope. He is backstage at both Raw and SmackDown every week, and the motherfucker never gets put on TV. He comes nope. out after the cameras go off, and it's just like you have, like, you have your draw at every show, and you don't put him on TV yeah, for a ratings pop? Why do you do what that? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. No. They make terrible decisions. Yeah. Speaking of terrible decisions, so we get to our main event of the evening. So we have terrible. Bobby Lashley. This is the greatest booking decision in history. Oh, totally. Totally. Greatest booking decision. to. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have Bobby Lashley taking on Goldberg. Um, no fan wants to see this match. Nope. Um, I'm sure they selected this because it was the only match for SummerSlam that people did not vote for. And I think they did kind of like a reverse process of elimination and like anything that anybody had any input on, they just threw to the trash and like now they have this. Yeah. Why do we keep booking Goldberg for main events? Man, I don't know. And I am so like the Rain Cena <laughs> one can go either way in a good way. Yeah. This one can only go good in one way. In one way. And that is Lashley just dominating Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I am so fucking scared that Lashley is going to get beat. Yeah, me too. If this is the first match of the night, I guarantee you Goldberg wins. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yeah. Because they're going to just want to raise the bar from there, but... <sighs> um, it, it, like It's embarrassing. Like, like, my brain is just like, oh, man, if I were Lashley and that happened, I would just walk out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, obviously he doesn't because it's a job. Yeah, yeah. But... Ooh, would there be some sour fucking grapes? Yes. Um, I'm going to say for the sake of my sanity that Lashley wins this. Because that's the move they should make. Yes. Do I think realistically it happens? I don't know. And that's scary. And what's even scarier is like right now with AEW, people are comparing Christian getting the title shot to Goldberg. And I'm like, that makes me so angry. Two entirely separate things. That makes me so angry. Two entirely separate things. Christian has literally been on every dynamite wrestling. I think he's even done some dark matches since he debuted. Yeah. And it all, 
It's all because they fucked up his introduction. Mm-hmm. It's because Paul White, when he was like, oh, we have, like, main event Hall of Fame-worthy talent coming. Yeah. That automatically set the bar up Way here. too high, yeah. And then when Christian came out, it's like, yes, he is main event Hall of Fame-worthy talent. But to us hardcores. Yes. He's not a household yeah. name like if He's you were not to- Edge. No, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. yeah. Christian is all, like, unfortunately, because Christian, when he was in TNA, did amazing work. Some of work. his best work. Amazing work. Like, outside of, like, early Christian. Like, yes. Early Edge and Christian, like, tank team stuff. Even, like, Christian with the Un-Americans, like, was great. But when Christian did, like, went to TNA and started to actually, like, had his main event run, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And- but all like WWE fans on like see Christian and just go not edge. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a terrible sig- stigma to put with. Oh, horrible. It's bad. It is. Um but yeah, there's no comparison between the two of those. No. I think that I think that Lashley takes this. I hope he Goldberg's Goldberg. Ooh, would that be beautiful? That that would be a really I, beautiful thing. I honestly, I could like oh if Gold I could see Goldberg. I really hope he does that for him. Yeah, me <laughs> I too. hope Goldberg's like yeah I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I hope so too. Because that's that's the only place he can be at this point. Yeah, and there's so much heat leading into it now. Like uh, Lashley was just he, he said uh, Goldberg's son's name the other day on Raw and was mm-hmm. like get your dad. Yeah, and like that adds real heat to it. So I just hope it's. Good and lasts more than a minute. I don't know how much gas Goldberg has in him these days. If if that taker match crown jewels anything, it, it, there's it's not a good invocation of anything at all. Yeah. Especially when you got a man that has more mass than the Undertaker, yep, like Lashley. Yep, yep. I fear, like I just hope <laughs> Lashley does not get injured. I hope so too, because that would be that would be devastating for him because he's a good draw for that company right now too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope for the best, but I'm expecting the worst in, the, in, know. in scary words. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's our SummerSlam preview right now. Like, and it it's panning up to be a good pay-per-view. I'm obviously going to watch it. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I Yeah, I did, like, uh, the C- CBS did have, like, two potential prediction matches Mm -hmm. and it was uh styles and omas versus orton and riddle yeah that might happen yeah that i feel like that will probably get set up and then finn balor versus baron corbin oh yeah that's another one and i I think they're gonna keep corbin on that losing streak right now that he's had i love this character i love sad baron corbin sad baron corbin is some of the most fun it, oh, it's great! Yeah, it's great. It's like one of the best the match things. Match McIntyre right and Monday. How much would you need to get you back? A hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, exactly. It's like, bro, he's being real. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's really good. Oh fuck, oh. Nick! I enjoyed nerding out with you for Dude, hours the, on yeah, this. Oh now. man, this was. Oh, I was and here. I was worried. I was like, oh man, I'm not going to know what to talk about. No, yeah, they, there's absolutely none of that. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I hope I hope you can get something out of this. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm gonna have to like go through this with a fine tooth yeah, comb no. and all shit. <laughs> if people want to find you, where can they find you at? 
Um, well, they can find me. Well, they can find me everywhere. Uh, no, they can find me on Twitter, actually, at Alpaca Nation 87. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. So, because, you know, always trying to get those followers, get those likes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny. Like, I never really used Twitter mm-hmm. that much, but like, now that I'm following like AEW and like following all these wrestlers, it's so funny. Like AEW wrestlers actually respond. They're great. Yeah. I'm like, like whatever, like Butcher and Blade, like I'll like tag them in something and they'll like, like it or yeah. retweet it. I'm just like, <gasps> it's cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. They're really into their fan base, which oh, yeah. is great. It's uh, a little like side story, like kind of like my claim to fame. Um, my wonderful fiance, Lena, she used to work with Allie. Oh, nice, nice. Um, at Catalyst Gym. And so when we first started dating, I was like, hey, listen, <laughs> something, you know, and you can, like, call me a nerd. You can judge me. I was like, I really like wrestling. She's like, oh, it's fun. Like, one of my one of my friends is a wrestler. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I'm thinking, like... Oh, like cool, like ESW, like, yeah, something like yeah. that. And I was like, oh, and she sends me a picture, and it was Allie's like title card image from when she was with Impact. And I was just like, shut the fuck, fuck up. up. Yeah. What? And it's so funny. And so, like, yeah, like I live above the new Phoenix Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, there, like, pre pandemic, there was an acting class. Mm-hmm. That would be done on the second floor, like kind of like the offices and stuff like that. And so, like walking through, like always, like doing that. Sure. Allie and Pepper, Pepper would take that class. Oh, that's so cool. And so, like I remember walking by, walking through one time, Pepper's sitting there on a chair, like on a chair in the hall, like while the class is going on in there. And I'm walking by with a pizza. So, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, you're a professional wrestler. Here I'm going to go eat a pizza. my fat face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What up? And, like, oh, he's just like, oh, you going to share? And I was just like, ah, what? If you want. Yeah, you can have the whole thing, man. Um, But, no, it's like, I was just like, oh, shit, that's so cool. Yeah, they interact with their fans really well, which yeah. is a cool thing about AEW with that. And I love seeing like the Buffalo Boy or like Buffalo Kids banner at the uh, mm-hmm. Gallery Mall. Mm-hmm. Like I love that they like that's our representation. Yeah, we're it's getting like, out there. Hell now. yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Oh yeah. Um. So follow Nick on there for great wrestling opinions and to keep up to date on everything. Um. As always, you could follow us at at uh, Average Ordinary Pod on most social media platforms. Like, rate, subscribe, leave a bad review or a good review. Either way, you're leaving a review. Um, it was so great to have you on here, Dude, man, and just this, be able to nerd out with you. This was so friggin' cool. And like, you'll have to be, you'll you'll be back to do another wrestling preview at some point. Uh, absolutely, I would I would love to. Um, it's so funny. Like I watch a lot of like wrestling re- review like channels on like YouTube and everything. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah, I think you definitely could. And you- so like. Being able to, like, sitting here doing this with you, I'm just like, yeah, this is fucking cool. It's real fun. It's real fun. It's real fun to be able to do that. Well, wow. you'll be back, and we'll preview. I'll plan on having you back at least before Survivor Series so Hell that yeah. we could preview Survivor Series yeah, together. Well, we're between uh, 
in the next month, we're going to have a lot to talk about AEW wise for, for sure. And I look forward to it. With Best everything. in the world. Best in the world. We'll see if that pans out. It, if he does not debut next Friday night, biggest troll ever. Like if they, he doesn't actually come out and sign with AEW, they might as well just cancel the show now. For sure, for sure, people will like riot. people will riot, 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 yeah. absolutely riot with that. But also, if we get Darby Allen versus CM Punk at All Out in oh, September, I will do that. So. Oh. <sighs> Wrestling nerds oh. nightmare. It's that's the best. Yeah, it's the best thing. It's the best and worst. <laughs> it all has overshadowed the fact that Daniel Bryan might also be signed. Yeah, with that's AW. the other thing. This is like. Right, it could be him. You never know. He's he's one of the best in the world. Punk right did say that, like he was asked about Darby Allen, like commenting best in the world, and he goes, "I think that's Brian." Yeah, he did. Say that. I was just like, oh. <laughs> "All right." So we'll see. <laughs> one of them selling us the truth. Who knows? One, one of uh, one of them. <laughs> oh my right. god! Thank but you yeah, for having me, brother. Of course, brother. And we will do this before Survivor Series again too. Uh, coming up next week, I have one of my good friends, Brittany Waisaki, on the show. We will talk stage management. We will talk Bonnaroo and other festivals. Until then, keep your mental health safe, keep healthy, and we will see you next Saturday. Bye, guys. for like 15 hours and if we want to get home to our favorite food and pornography we're gonna have to come up with a plan hey why don't we try leaving through one of those spooky looking doors wait whoa whoa doors like an exit door yeah maybe we should get on that hold on a second these doors are labeled this one says dracula on it and this one says beware zombies that's probably the exit and the last one just says nekagrima tough call Mm. i got an idea on three we're gonna open them all at once all right, let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, hello there. Damn, that's scary. Damn, that's scary is our new favorite podcast where we talk about all things horror. Tune in to get the latest horror news, long form movie reviews, and all kinds of other scary shit. Mummies, wolfmen, vampires, chupacabras, lizard people, impolite Canadians, we do it all. So if you like horror podcasts, and we know you do, check out Damn That Scary, new episodes every week. And remember, keep it spooky.